Hey everyone, welcome to the Cinemania World Podcast and episode one of The Road to Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm your host, Amanda, and today we are going to discuss 2017's Justice League, aka The Justice League. Today we have some really awesome guests who love Zack Snyder as much as I do. With me today, we have Brett from BamTube TV and the Cinemania World team. Very much so looking forward to this. Obviously, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League is one of the biggest events of the year so far with a great group of people. And I'm looking forward to getting into it. Awesome. So happy to have you here today. And we also have my good friend, Amanda, who has been with the movement since day one. She has a wicked username too, at Zack Snyder Ho on Twitter. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. I just grabbed myself a coffee and I'm wired and hyped to go. Awesome. I've been in the fandom for obviously not so long. I mean, technically with this movement, you know, um, I joined by right after BBS. So around Suicide Squad, maybe. And then I was super hyped, ready to go for Justice League. And I've met amazing friends, obviously, Amanda. (laughs) So I'm just excited to be here. And I'm so happy that you're here with us today. It's going to be a great conversation. And last but not least, we have Kobe from the Cinemania World team and the Colby Told Me a podcast, the ball of energy himself. How you doing, man? Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Kobe Mack. And let's get it started, baby. So much energy, so much energy. <laughs> so to give a little bit of context of what exactly happened with Justice League, we're going to take it back to 2017. As we all know, Zack and Deborah Snyder experienced a horrible family tragedy, and Zack had to take a step back from filming. Like any sane person, everyone understood that Justice League would be put on hold until he would be able to come back, but not Warner Brothers. Instead, they pushed forward and brought Joss Whedon in to finish the job. Now, to kick things off, how did you guys feel about the switch up at the time? And how has your view changed? Brett, I'll start with you. Sure. So obviously, you know, I'll kick things off with a little bit of controversy. So back when this happened, I was sort of, I was in the middle on Batman v Superman. I had kind of a love-hate relationship with it. Now it's much more love over the years, but back then, bit of a love-hate. So obviously we, like you just said, you know, Zack Snyder and his family suffered an unimaginable tragedy. So we understood that and we understood, we were like, yeah, whatever, cool. If the movie's got to be delayed, no big deal. And then all of a sudden they say they're bringing in, you know, Joss Whedon. So at the time, that wasn't like a huge issue to me. You know, I was a big fan of the Avengers, a big fan of Avengers Age of Ultron, unlike most people. But, you know, regardless, that's where I stood with it. So I figured, you know, you have this guy who understands superheroes, understands team up movies. It made sense that they would bring him in. And of course, too, you know, the Warner Bros. execs and, and spokespeople were saying how like, oh, no, no, it's it's going to be it's still Zach's movie. He's just doing like taking contr- uh, control of the reshoots and looking after like the finishing touches. But it's still very much so Zach's vision and blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously, we'll get into how that actually turned out later on. But, you know, so that's kind of where I stood with that decision. And then where I stand now with that decision All I can think about is poor Zach and his family. Again, just, you know, the tragedy, the nightmare that every father has or every sibling or every family member, even friend, you know, it's something that you would never wish upon your worst enemy. And the fact that he went through it and he made the right decision that it was time to be with his family and to grieve. And then the fact that Warner Bros. didn't offer any sort of, you know, sorry to hear about that or release a statement about it or condolences or anything that I can remember publicly. Instead, they essentially just kind of, you know, bent him over and screwed him out of his vision. They brought in Joss Whedon. The reshoots were so much more than we were initially told they were going to be. And they just completely ruined everything that he was going for. You know, you could tell how devastated he was by this, right? We just recently saw that, uh, Christopher Nolan and and Deborah Snyder, his wife, had seen Justice League before it released and said that they could never let Zack see that because he poured his heart and soul into this story and into these characters. And thankfully, we'll finally see that get realized. 
But at the time, you know, it was so much worse than we had anticipated and what we were originally told was being done with the movie under the control of Joss Whedon. So again, you know, at the time, Joss Whedon, I was like, yeah, cool. But now all I can think about aside from Joss Whedon and then the controversy and everything is just the fact that Zach and his family went through so much and the Warner Bros just did not care. Like the utter disrespect for the sake of some cash. It's just, it's unbelievable to me. It's absolutely disgusting. I, I completely agree with everything that you've said. And the fact that he went through such a hor- horrible moment in his life, a tragic moment. And then to get so much disrespect from the studio that, you know, you've poured so much of your time and effort into to make this film is just, I can just imagine what he was going through at that time. And I'm really happy that he was able to take a step back and do what was right for him. And then the the fans kind of took over in this movement where we ended up defending him and, and we ended up going to bat for him, which was amazing to see. But you touched upon the fact that like, Joss Whedon coming in wasn't necessarily a bad thing back in the day because he did Avengers and he did AOU. And I know that you said that you enjoyed Age of Ultron. I unfortunately did not like Age of Ultron, but <laughs> um, minority, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's fair. It's fair. But um, we all thought that it was okay. We're like, okay, someone who's trained to do comic book movies is going to come in, he's going to finish it. And we we thought that it was going to work between the two of them and there would be some sort of um, symmetry and and that they would be on the same level of what they wanted to to bring forth. And that clearly wasn't the case. So um, Amanda, how did you feel about the switch up at the time? And like, where do you stand now with that? Boy, did we think that, all of us, right? At the time... I was whatever about it because, I mean, I barely joined the fandom. So I was like, okay, I'm really hyped. I'm really excited, right? When I saw the movie, I was so disappointed. And I was so disappointed in myself because I hyped it up so much to my family because they're Marvel fans. So I was like, guys, you're going to love these movies. Please watch them. (laughs) They're going to be so amazing. And this is going to happen and this is going to happen, right? And then when the movie came, none of it happened. And even though my family loved it, they were looking at me weird like, Amanda, this movie was great. Why don't you like it? You're the one that told us to come here. I was like, you guys don't get it. (laughs) That's not the movie. (laughs) And it sucks because like even um, I brought my parents, I brought like my cousins. We all went to go watch Justice League. I wore like full Batman gear. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to get Batfleck again. We're like, I was so excited. And then they all loved it. Um, And then I sat there and I'm like, this is not what I paid for. This is not what the trailer promised me. So like, it was just a weird mm. feeling because I think as a DCEU fan, and I know, and I know Kobe is going to side with me on this one. We do not want another L. We do not exactly. want another L. So mm-hmm. to go in to this film, no matter how bad we thought it was, we wanted to boost it and be like, guys, it's not that bad. Now, Kobe at the time, like, this whole decision to bring Joss in, did you think it was like a smart idea and has it changed at all for you? I mean, at the time, how could it not be smart? He was Joss Whedon. His name was not what it is today, right? And coming off the heels of what, everything that Zach was going through personally in his family life, it just made the most logical sense. To be honest with you, I didn't think it was possible, right? Like I thought Joss was firmly in like, yo, I just do MCU shit. But like the fact is like, yo, we're having the guy who's responsible for for Buffy, for Firefly, for Cabin in the Woods, for Avengers 2012 and for Age of Ultron. And guys, Age of Ultron's not a bad movie. Why wouldn't <laughs> we you. want him to Thank come in here and like, you know, do his thing on Justice League? Now, of course, you know, I'm a big Snyder fan. Love 300. Love Watchmen. I love Sucker Punch. <laughs> But I want to be able to see his vision pay off. And I thought, like, yo, let's look at, like, a relay race, guys. Like, the, you know, the, I don't know how far we were, but, like, I know for a fact that Zach has this bold vision. Yo, hand off the baton, and Josh is going to take it ho- home. Yo, what happened? And then I thought about it, right? I said, okay, I know WB. 
Hey, we're WB. Zach, man, you're going through some stuff right now. Yeah, man, I am going through some stuff right now. Listen, just take all the time you need, and we're going to find this guy, Josh, over here, and then we're going to, like, you know, just champion your vision, and we're going to see it through. Yo, thanks so much, guys. This is great. Psst, yo, Josh, come here. Psst. So we're going to give you this check, right? Um, We just need you to kind of, like, do your MCU thing. No, I mean, it doesn't really have to make sense. It doesn't have to all drive together. Just, you know, do your thing. Wait, really? You guys just want me to do my thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do your thing. Um, Obviously, there wasn't the payoff that I wanted to, but I'll say this. I didn't hate it, right? <laughs> like I, I didn't hate it. I think a lot of folks um, were a bit hyperbolic for the folks that wanted to hate it. The biggest, the, the toughest pill to swallow is that it was such a big departure from the tone that was created in Man of Steel and BVS. And I can, it, it, to this day, I'm still having a hard time trying to understand and separate what is Joss and what is Zach. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I know we were all, it's the same you're in between. You're trying to figure out like <laughs> if you did like it, but you feel bad if you liked it. Like it's just the weirdest feeling ever. And now that like it's coming out, I've been telling people, I'm like, guys, it's going to be so different. This movie is going to be so different because you can tell by the trailer that it's just going to be an entirely different movie. The same story as we know, but like it's going to feel different. You know, and I just, I just want people to enjoy themselves when they watch this movie, to be perfectly honest, because that 2017, you know, the MCU tone works for what? The MCU. It doesn't mm -hmm. work for DC characters. And I'm going to be completely honest because there's a different level of banter that you can see in a DC film. Like the, the, comedic timing in Shazam or Birds of Prey or um, even in Aquaman, there were funny moments, not like there wasn't. It's a different mm -hmm. tone. Whereas the MCU, you're catering to to the kid-friendly, you know, demographic majority of the time because it's Disney. So the jokes are different. Not saying they're bad. It's just, it's a different tone that you're presenting, especially with the humor, I find. Um, so now we're gonna we're gonna get into the meats and potatoes of Justice League 2017. Brett, I would like to know what was your honest review of the film? So my initial review, right? Not yeah, not where yeah. we are now, or a bit of your, both, I guess. <laughs> your initial review, yeah. So my initial review was it was like it was a mixture of disappointment, but like still just like satisfied enough is kind of the way I can describe it. So obviously I I'm trying to figure out a way to word this. Let's see. I, I could tell some scenes. Like I, I definitely think there are some blurred lines between what was Zach's and what was Joss's, but then there was also scenes that were very much so like, okay, that was a Joss Whedon scene. Okay. That was definitely added in afterwards. You could tell because the CGI sometimes didn't look great. Didn't look finished. The joke was like, it just did not land at all. It felt awkward or, you know, like the scene where the flash just plants his face right between Wonder Woman's chest. Like that was a jaw scene, you know that. So I enjoyed it for what it was back then, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like I left the theater and when I used to do reviews and stuff like that, I was like, I'd go on a scale of one to 10 and I was like, yeah, that was like, like a six or a seven. It was like in that okay or like good enough range. It wasn't until a few rewatches that I realized how much I really don't like it. I can still watch it now. Don't get me wrong. I could sit down and I could, I could pop it on and I could, you know, be content, right? It'll hold my attention. I'll probably go on my phone every now and then, you know, update mm -hmm. Twitter and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's good as like background noise, enjoyable enough superhero action. I'm not going to say it's the worst thing I've ever seen because it's not. You know, it still has some redeeming qualities, and we do know that there is some of what Zach shot in there. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. When I left the theater opening night, I was content, albeit a little bit disappointed, especially with that runtime. Somehow, a sequel to BVS and introducing all these new characters and introducing the villain and the mother boxes and bringing Superman back to life, trying to jam all that into a two hour movie was like the worst idea ever. But regardless, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but you know, initially <laughs> it was content. Now after a few rewatches, you know, the makeup's washed off, the cracks are now seen and it is not as pretty as they led us to believe in the trailers and fancying it up with their $350 million budget and stuff it's just disappointed is kind of where i'm at now because you can see where 
it's just not what it was meant to be. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I remember walking out of that theater and you you kind of, you're fighting with yourself kind of in your mind. You're like, but this was good and this was good. But then it's like, well, that was really bad. And then that should have been better. So you're trying to balance mm. it out in that case. So I, I hear you. It's a really Absolutely, tough situation, yeah. <laughs> but disappointment is probably the only word that you can really say at the end of Justice League 2017. And it still holds today that it's a big disappointment. Um, so, Kobe, I'm going to go to you. Uh, what, what was your initial review for Justice League 2017? Initially on the Colby Tomy scale, the movie settled at a five out of 10. Mm. Not a good movie, but also not a bad movie, especially not the way that it was described by, you know, the folks that already came in wanting to hate, not just particularly this film, but anything, any entry from the DCEU. We know those people, right? Sorry. But like, listen, for real, like, it's just, we got to admit that there's fun in the movie, even from the stuff that doesn't seem to work tonally right and like yeah it's like the more times that i watch it the more that i can be able to kind of separate like this doesn't feel like zach that definitely looks and sounds like joss but even some of the joss stuff like it's not bad like like i'm pretty sure like one of the most famous lines from this film right is when barry is uh he's talking to he's talking to bruce after leaving his lair and stuff like that it's like yo what's your superpower right he goes i'm rich yo it's a great line and it's delivered expertly. That scene by itself is amazing. And I have uh, put on the daunting task where I am individually studying every scene of this film and I'm grading it individually just to see, right? And keep on, I didn't do any of the math before this, just to see if at the end of like all the scenes that I've rated equals out to a five out of 10. And honestly, if it does equal out something a little bit higher, then I'm going to justifiably you know, upgrade my score. My hope is I'll do the same thing with this four hour Zack Snyder cut. Oh man, that's going to be a tall order, but I can't wait. Every like, scene. It, it, oh, every four every hours. single oh, scene. I'm, I mean, I'm here for it. And, and I think folks have to kind of, I don't want to say give grace, right? I think we just have to understand like, yo, these are superheroes. There's going to be some inherent things that are going to feel a bit like wonky. The bar is low, in my opinion, for Justice League to follow. I loved Batman v Superman. Love it. Like, it is a great film. I'm sorry, guys. It's an eight out of 10. All right. Say what you want. Fight me on it. You'll lose. <laughs> so, it was really, it really did hurt me the fact that, like, you know, this next entry dropped down so much. But I'm hoping that when I can see the fully realized version of Zack Snyder's vision, then I can be able to kind of elevate it that much more. No, that's entirely fair. I mean, like you said, we've been talking about this balance of what worked, what didn't work, but it's not, it wasn't necessarily a bad movie if we did enjoy certain aspects of it. You know what? I, I completely agree with you there. And now, Amanda, you said that you, you didn't like the film, but your whole family did. And what was your initial review or reaction of Justice League 2017? Back then, I, I mean, I, yes, I was devastatingly disappointed, but if I had to rate it out of one to 10, I think I probably would have also given it a five because I did possibly, in my head, possibly saw some Zach scenes. So I loved those Zach scenes, but everything else, no, <laughs> I was just mad, <laughs> mad, mad, mad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. There's, like you said, you can tell when it is a Zach scene, and then you can tell when it's a Jaw scene. The humor that was added felt so forced. Even when Ray Fisher said the booyah as Cyborg, like if you see his face, it's completely like stone face. Like there was no enthusiasm whatsoever when he said it. And at the time we were watching it, we didn't think anything of it. But then when you start hearing what happened behind the scenes and what Joss did behind the scenes and everything that's like slowly started creeping out after the film like came out and they were trying to hide it, they were trying to hide all of this stuff. And like, it didn't come out until later, but I just want to know what was your main reaction to the aftermath of Justice League? Like, the box office numbers and then like the truth that started coming out, Kobe, I'll start with you. I mean, it, it was pretty surprising. Um, 
I think we'd be foolish to think that a movie uh, 10 years ago, if somebody would have asked me, hey, there's going to be a movie with Batman, Superman, Flash, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and it's going to make under a billion dollars. We all would be like, you're joking. Stop it. Like it could be the worst movie in the world and it still make a billion dollars. Well, the proof was in the pudding, right? Uh, I don't think it was the worst movie in the, mov movie in the world and it didn't come anywhere close to a billion dollars. And I think it's just because folks kind of got tired. Like one, there was money left on the table, right? Like there's folks that just didn't even want to see it. didn't want to bother. And honestly, there's folks who are fans of the DCEU, but like you said earlier, didn't want to sit with another L and it's like, I'm not going to watch this. So the L doesn't exist. Well, guys, mm -hmm. it kind of does. And we just kind of have to hold it. Right. So, I mean, it's crazy that like it ended up being so poorly received. And not only that, just like, I, I can understand like domestically, right? Like, oh man, you know, sometimes we're getting our own, you know, we're getting our own way, whatever, but like just globally, it wasn't embraced. And I think people could just really feel that this hodgepodge collaboration um, wasn't, you know, what we thought it was going to be. And mm -hmm. it's really unfortunate. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is that it spurned one of the greatest movements in cinematic history, right? Like release mm -hmm. the Snyder cut, which wasn't taken seriously on its face until some of the creators and some of the actors like even jumped on board. We created this great sense of community. And now it's even convinced a studio with who has every right and who has so much to lose to give this a true shot, right? Rebuilding a bridge that was kind of burned between them and Zach. And like now mm -hmm. in less than a week, we're going to have like, this like epic, <laughs> this, this epic movie that is just going to feel good. And to be honest with you, all the buzz seems positive. There's folks that have watched this thing already. Right. And from, nobody's telling me that it's worse. Right. So, so th this is the beautiful thing, right? <laughs> it cannot be as bad as Justice League. <laughs> there were people who were thinking that people literally thought that they're going to sink money into a sinking ship and it'll be worse. Joke's on you, my guys. It's not. <laughs> Just wait until they see that movie and they're going to be biting their tongues. Oh, I, I just know. Wait. I just it's know. True. Like, how do you sit there and say it's going to be worse than what we got? Like, are you okay? Like, come on. And just for it a little bit no of sense. context, it doesn't make any sense. And the whole reason why Justice League made the money it did, I'm going to give you uh, the actual numbers here. So uh, oh, it had a worldwide total is 657 million against a production budget of 300 million. That's what it, it made was. its budget, right? Yeah, yeah it made sense. it back. It's not like it didn't, but it's still considered a box office failure. But the thing that I'm saying is that the reason why people didn't want to take the L, as we said, Colby, is because of what happened with Batman versus Superman. And I know Amanda and I went through it for a while where we were constantly defending BVS. We were constantly defending it against people that were just shitting on it the whole time. And, and they're still after I like, I don't even know four or five years since it came out there, people are like still bashing it, which doesn't make any sense to me. Just leave the movie alone. But because of that critical failure on rotten tomatoes, everything that came out after that, no one wanted to go watch justice league for that reason. If I went to go see BVS and I hated it or the general audience goes to see the Rotten Tomato score, and they say, well, if BVS got that score, why am I going to go sit and spend $20 for IMAX or like AVX or Dolby, Dolby Digital, you know, to go watch Justice League? They're not going to do it. So that is what led to it. And then the controversy surrounding everything made people stay home for Justice League, which sucks at the end of the day, but they kind of deserve it to be perfectly honest. So Brett, going to you, what was your main reaction to all of this when it happened, the box office numbers, and then what happened afterwards behind the scenes? Honestly, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in the box office numbers because I am a huge, huge defender of Man of Steel. I adore that movie, top to bottom. I love everything about it. One of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Batman v Superman, the theatrical version, I really didn't love, honestly. I was disappointed, but it was enjoyable. However, I am a huge defender of the Ultimate Edition. I think it's a vast improvement, and I, I really do enjoy it. So I was and, and kind of in the same boat that you guys were just saying. Like, I really was hoping that, you know, Justice League wasn't going to take the L here. Like, I really wanted it to succeed so we could see this franchise continue to grow. Because at the time, remember, 
it was just after Suicide Squad, which despite the reviews not being great, it made a lot of money and they had so many spinoffs. There was supposed to be like a Nightwing movie and a Batgirl movie Mm -hmm. and a a Joker and Harley movie and a Deadshot movie and a Ben Affleck solo film, like all this. And I was like, yes, yes, give me all of it. But in order for that to happen, Justice League needed to succeed and it didn't at all horrible and when you include like you were saying it was a 300 million production budget made about 650 or whatever it was back the thing is in terms of actual money making for the studio you include all that plus all of the advertising budget i would say they barely broke even at the end of the day and i think that was a huge part of the reason why they threw all of that to the wayside they went into panic mode they started canceling projects they basically just you know said move over Zack snyder someone else has got to do something about this and, and i was just disappointed you know i was disappointed to see the reviews i was disappointed to see that nobody went to see the movie and it just sucked it, it really did sting as a fan of the dceu and as a fan of these characters as a fan of Zack's. It was really devastating. And now to see all the behind the scenes stuff, all I can say is I I stand with Ray Fisher and I stand with the people that have been hurt by by Joff Johns and the other producers and who, you know, Walter Hamada has not listened to them and all the people that have been hurt or affected by Joss Whedon in their careers. I stand with them. I stand behind them. I support them. And although my support probably means very little in the grand scheme of things, I do support them and and I really do feel so bad for what they have gone through. So, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I was disappointed to see the movie do bad, but in the same sense, I'm just really glad all of this has been brought into the spotlight and we can see a lot of these people for who they really are. And like we said, now we're at this point where it did create this huge movement, arguably the biggest movement in movie history in terms of a fan base. And of course, not everyone was like us where you were being civil about it and you just wanted Zach to to be able to fulfill his vision. You know, obviously there are toxic people out there and stuff like that, but that goes for any fan base, right? So obviously I hate when people say like, you know, the Snyder cultists, but they mean it in like a mean and demeaning way. Cause that's not all of us. Some of us really do just care about Zack Snyder and his vision. And you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it, right? The behind the scenes stuff, it's rough. A lot of it coming out is so rough to hear. And I just, I stand by the actors and the people that were affected by it and, you know, I'm just happy to see, like, for instance, you see, uh, I think Ray Fisher just posted not that long ago, his reaction after seeing the Snyder cut, mm-hmm. it was just like tears of joy for me to see that guy after all he's been through. Cause Zach said it himself, that cyborg was the heart of his movie. And now this is his movie and Ray Fisher is just, he's getting all the praise and all the spotlight that he deserves. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, in regards to what happened behind the scenes, because it came right, like right after the film came out and there were rumors uh, about what Warner brothers did with what they didn't do. And they disrespected Zach and what Joss did. And that is enough to put a very, very sour taste in your mouth when looking at justice league and looking at Warner brothers uh, themselves, like it's just something that, you wouldn't have even thought that would have happened, especially now when people are very vocal with anything that happens on set or whoever they work with, people do come out and eventually uh, open up about it. So to know that that happened to to Ray um, and to and to Gal as well, because she did not want to do that scene where the Flash kind of just face plants. Um, she did not want to do it. They got a stunt. They got a stunt double to do it at that point, and um, that's just something that you don't want to hear. You don't want to yeah, hear the it fact that they it, wanted that scene that badly that they got yeah. a stunt double to do it is baffling to me. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable, and you could tell that it was an uncomfortable situation. So to have to know, like when that came out, that Joss was pushing for it. It's like, was it that funny? Like, was it that funny? It wasn't funny when it happened in Age of Ultron and Bruce Banner face planted into Black Widow like that. It still wasn't mm-hmm. funny. And I remember watching Age of Ultron. And in that moment, that's when the switch flipped in my head. I'm like, this is what's going to make me hate this movie. And then that's what ended up happening. The entire arc of Black Widow and Age of Ultron was just like, it was horrible, to be perfectly honest. Like, I couldn't yeah. sit there. <laughs> that definitely is one of the weaker elements. The fact that how 
reduced she became to having her own agency. And then it became this kind of like, like she used to be kind of like this fierce and like bold. And then now she's like this kind of like meek and we can run away together. And like, you know, I can be your girlfriend and like, no, bro, come on. The thing is like, guys, like we are where we are societally, we are we are much more woke in a sense in regards to mm-hmm. what makes us comfortably for the things that in the images that we see on on TV screens and on you know the big screen right like the power of cinema is very much that it is powerful and like the moment that we see this face plant we get taken out we're like really like we're still doing this bro yeah like this mm-hmm. is a trope from like the eighties and like come on man like. I don't need the flash accident. The guy who literally has powers of like all physics, right? Because of his speed that he just, Oh, miss happily like face plants are come on, stop, you know, like goodness gracious. Like next thing you know, I'm going to trip on a banana peel. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like, like if that were to have happened, he did though. The flash did trip like multiple <sighs> yes, times in justice league. What am I saying? It did That's happen. Right. Damn it. Damn it. But, like, ah! <laughs> Every single time that he was like about to do something great, it's like trip falls. Like, no, dude, he's the Flash. He's the Flash. He has reflex. Like, what are you doing? He's the Flash. Why are you making him fall? That doesn't right? make any yeah. sense to me. Like, it's that was weird. the what? Sorry, I, Amanda. I, go ahead. I, or- I waffle back and forth between like the moments of like I really enjoy this film and then the, the scenes that just kind of irk me. I'm like, what? Like, what is going like when yeah. inside the film, right? So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking down the entire movie and I'm like the very first scene of this film is Batman hunting a parademon. And like on the page, yo, Batman's hunting a parademon. Do you know how f-ing cool that sounds that Batman is in the streets of Gotham hunting a parademon? But then when you see it executed, you're like, yo, what's going on here? The bar for me, for Batman, is that warehouse fight scene in BVS, right? Yeah. Is it fair? Maybe. But regardless, that's the bar. Did I expect the first season in Justice League to kind of beat the bar? No, but I wanted to kind of like reach up there, try to shake its hand and like, there we go. We're going to give you this, right? And instead, we get a freshly shaved face from Bruce Wayne. Fast forward six or seven scenes later, he's on a jet with Alfred with a freaking beard that he just shaved. The like, continuity <laughs> issues inside this long plane oh ride. Oh my God. <laughs> It's absolutely horrible. And honestly, like even the actors, whoever did makeup, whoever did the lighting, whoever did those costumes, like I was just freaking floored by how bad it looked in the first movie. First movie, Justice League. Like it just it looked so bad. Like I like I know that like Amanda and I have spoken about it. Like we saw Ben Affleck in the like without the cowl and he looked amazing in bvs and we like we loved Mm -hmm. him for it and then we watched justice league and like he looked they did not do him like properly it was the lack of makeup right and okay i'll tell you guys the secret because a lot of people for some reason don't know this but his hair ben affleck's hair for bruce it's a wig but it's only a half wig. And the reason I know this is because at the time when the movie came out, I went to beauty school and the company that, that makes the wigs, they were promoting themselves, obviously. And they had a ginormous, huge, like two feet poster of Ben Affleck. And I was like, um, what, what's going on here? Why is the love of my life in the photo? In front of me. What, the, what the heck is this? And they're like, oh, we made the wig for him. And this is our proudest achievement. I was like, oh, okay. So they obviously talked about it, right? So, because Ben, he has a little bit of a widow's peak, just a little, just a tiny little, but not the specific kind of widow's peak that the famous Bruce Wayne has. So y- you could tell in the movie which one is the Zack scene or which one is the joss scene by his widow's peak okay yeah which is so thanks for that info (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) no and it's funny amanda that you said that about the hairline i had no idea with the wigs it didn't like it felt weird and as we said like Mm -hmm. the makeup was just it was just so weird for him so this is going to lead into my other question here i'm going to start i'm going to start with kobe um were there any moments specifically that stood out to you during Justice League where you're like, what in God's name is this? Like, why is this on screen right now? I mean, maybe there's too many, but no, no okay, not, <laughs> not too many. That's like I said, I'm, I'm being, I mean, obviously I'm being hyperbolic, right? Um, 
<laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to like really. I, it was really Just hard for one. me to get over. It was. I mean, it was. It was really, really hard for me to kind of get over the first meeting that we have between Batman and uh, and, and 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 Aquaman, right? Where he goes to. Have we decided where he goes to? Like, where is he? We have no idea. I have no idea, right? So <laughs> nondescript kind of like you know, uh, you know, Icelandic town, right? And I guess I don't know if Icelandic is the proper term because there's ice. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, on paper, I can imagine this is pretty cool, right? But it's just like the execution of it. And there's something about this specific scene that seems like it's chopped up four different ways, right? Because like there's this really like glaring background CG, like that's not real. The way that Aquaman kind of like thrusts himself like backwards into the water feels a little bit wonky. And I, I compare that shot to the next time that we see Aquaman right before he goes to Atlantis, he saves the guy on the ship. He's like, like super like fast, like swimming through the water and he gets on top of the boat and it's all cool. He goes and gets a drink from the bar. He comes back out. He takes the bottle of whiskey. He takes like a swig of it. He drops it. The ocean is raging <laughs> over his shoulders. And I'm like, I get none of that in that scene between him and Bruce. And like, okay, I grew up with Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, and you know, Batman, Superman adventures. Right. And, Every time mm-hmm. heroes across like paths, it would be like this tension, but it was like such the cool tension. And like Batman himself, one, he does everything as Batman. And because, you know, Ben Affleck's a movie star, we have to constantly have this dude do so much stuff, not as Batman. Imagine the scene differently, right? Where he goes to the town and instead of the daylight, it's nighttime. And he's in, you know, his bat costume is like, yo, I've been scoping you out, bro. Um, I heard you talk to fish. The line itself is not bad. That <laughs> line itself is not bad. Everything else that's happening, right? Like, you know, I'm going to make this big show. Like, you think that people don't know who the hell Bruce Wayne is? This dude just like pops up out of nowhere, bribing us to be able to talk to the Aquaman? I'm oh, sorry, guys. I'm going to calm down now. It's okay. <laughs> this is why we're doing this. We need to let it all out. We need to cleanse our minds before we watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. And um, Brett, did you have any specific moments while watching Justice League where you're like, come on, like, did you really do this? Is it is it over dramatic for me to say like all of it? I'll, I'll explain <laughs> what I mean. A couple scenes in particular, hear me out. So obviously, like the one that Colby just described, perfect. I, I agree with him to an absolute T. Mm-hmm. Other scenes, obviously, like the one we've already discussed extensively of the, the Flash with the Wonder Woman one, the one where, uh, you know, Batman, yeah, oh, something's definitely bleeding or like to continue on with Colby's scene, like <laughs> the alien not- stole my husband that little news insert like what are we doing bro yeah i'm gonna go up here and give him something to pro- come on <laughs> you don't need <laughs> that stop a lot of the jokes didn't work right for me like yeah that one too that's not the saying that's the opposite of the saying or the oh yes. clark said is the thirstiest woman he's ever met i'm like oh, oh my god oh, let's oh no, no. he meant the he meant the hungriest um oh, oh yeah okay. like that oh, that makes brutal. me want to punch somebody yeah, it was awful, but hear me out too. So we know, I think, I can't remember the exact number. I feel like I heard somewhere that it was like 70% was like reshoots of this movie, especially where it's only a two hour runtime. And we know that Zach had like five hours of footage because that's what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. The stuff that was still included that was Zach's was so far from the tone and context that he had intended that it almost didn't even, if not even almost, it really didn't feel like Zach's stuff anyway. Like you're just saying like, you know, describing that Aquaman scene in the initial trailer, that was Zach's trailer. It looked badass. It looked epic. And then we get it in this version. A lot of it's still the same shot, but it doesn't feel at all like Zach intended it. It does not have the same tone. It does not have the same context. And that's where I kind of come from that a lot of these scenes stick out to me. as just like, oh, what are you doing? And that's why, right? Because it just, they went for this way too over the top, happy-go-lucky tone. And that is not what Zach intended. So even the shots that are in there that are still his, I'm left asking that question. Like, what were you thinking? Let me ask you a question. Will Superman in this movie lift an apartment building slowly across the screen? <laughs> it was I, funny though, remember? Because the Flash had the truck. It was yeah. funny. We were meant to laugh. Uh huh. Right? Like, <laughs> I've got a truck. He's got a, like literally a like <laughs> multi level building. <laughs> and, and he's not doing fast. It's like very, very slow. Like a wink. Look what I can do. All right. Like, <laughs> I, come on, bro. It looks like it was made on like somebody's Mac. I, I don't know. I just, everything that you just described is something that like, 
it's, it's a constant reminder, like how bad it was. It just, it was more of like just the dialogue where we're like, I don't understand why they wrote certain things. Like even when, um, Ben, Ben Affleck, Baffleck was, um, uh, provoking Diana in the hangar where he's, he's like, Oh, is that like, he was talking about Steve Trevor and then she pushes him. I'm like, that's so out of character. And Amanda, Not, like, yeah. like we, we were talking about everything that went wrong with Baffleck in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. but it's also a disservice of what they did to Ray Fisher because he, mm -hmm. he was not in it as much. Like there was zero like screen time for Cyborg and we were expected oh. to just like. I'm glad that we had, we had them, our superheroes with shovels digging at a grave, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God. Couldn't the Flash just do that in two seconds? Exactly. <sighs> like, this like, guy was happens. toiling with a shovel. <laughs> yeah Side oh my God. Okay. like right. it I'm didn't make any sense i i just i couldn't believe it but yeah going back to like the baffleck stuff i was just like what the fuck? like what did you, you do to my boy it's like that gives like you him. massacred my boy he gets as ass, really ass kicked by everyone and everything in this movie he gets beat up by parademons 24 7 i'm like, like what the hell I was like, That's yeah not these bad, parademons see? are like way op like and like the parademons i mean granted they're gonna have more than average human strength i get that but like they're not gonna be like you know, uh, yeah, the parrot. Mm. Yeah. And and Amanda, like, what did you? Was there anything specifically that you were just like, oh my god, they ruined this? Like, why would you ruin it like this? For me personally, it's it was every single time the Flash spoke. Like, I love Ezra, love him to pieces, literally my fave. <laughs> but. <laughs> They made him so, like, literally, Ezra is so well-known for playing anything, especially awkward characters. But The Flash is not awkward, not this much. So it was like if I was watching a different movie, and I was like, no, nah, this, is, this is not The Flash. This is, this is just Ezra. Yeah, It's awkward Ezra. I didn't want awkward Ezra. Like, I love, I love Ezra. But I don't, this, no, it was just so bad. And like, like I said earlier with the, the wig, besides obviously the not wig, right? He had a shiny forehead. I love Ben, but mm. that shiny forehead was just so distracting throughout the yeah. entire movie. <laughs> and they just, they didn't do him justice. Like anyone, no. like literally anyone. And going back, even Aquaman, like he looked bad too, Jason Momoa. It's Jason Momoa is gorgeous. How yeah. do you mess it up? Yeah. And How? oh my God, even like the lasso of truth scene. Oh, so like, cringy. It was yeah. cringe because I was like, really? You're gonna you're gonna do that to them? You don't want to have any other conversations? Just gonna just gonna do that. And then even just like the fight scenes. Your love? Yeah, love, like that right? too. It's just it's like, yes, we get it. We're all in love with Wonder Woman. We understand you don't have to keep saying it. You know, exactly. it just felt really weird. Yeah, there's so many moments where I'm like, you know, like the DiCaprio meme where you're just pointing. You're like, that's not yes. a scene that I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not a scene that I like. That's literally what we ended up doing. Oh yeah. man, there's just we can go multiple times. Yes. Yeah, honestly. And now moving into the hashtag for release the Snyder Cut, and we're just talking about how people completely trashed the movement and people trashed. Uh, Justice League, rightfully so, but to the point where it started bleeding into their hatred for BBS and like the future of the Ugh. DCU and yeah. everything that came after with like Aquaman, Birds of Prey, Shazam, like everything afterwards, it, they were constantly getting shit on, but we would promote this hashtag. So Kobe, I mean, what did you personally experience online after watching this film, Justice League, and then using the hashtag, like the hashtag, were there any no negative comments that like you saw or like, you know, they were said to you? Luckily, I run in some circles where folks respect me enough not to get slapped up digitally on Twitter and Instagram. Cause I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't you know, they, they know better, right? Because like one, I'm yeah. not going to back off, right? Like, I look at my DC fandom like I do my fandom for my sports team, right? I, I love my New York Giants. I bleed blue. Go big blue, right? But I understand <laughs> that they don't win the Super Bowl every year, 
right? And that's kind of like the same thing that you look in regards to their movies, right? So like as a sports fan, as a movie fan, we're going to have some good seasons. We're going to have some not so good seasons, but no matter what, I'm still going to be a fan. You can talk all you want. What you're not going to do is ever get me off of my position. Then I'm just like, you know what, you guys, you're right. I really do hate the DCEU. Fuck Zack Snyder. No, that's never going to happen, right? So you can save your breath, but if you do want to go ahead and try to like, you know, engage in civil cinematic debate, I will whoop your ass. It's very simple, right? Justice League is not a good movie, but I contend once again, it's not an all out bad movie. There's still some good in there. That scene where the flash is in the layer with Batman that we saw, remember that was one of the first earliest clips that we got with it. Right? So I'm like, yo, this is an example of good. This is the example of the potentiality. And I don't know for sure if that's a Joss scene or if that's a Zach scene, I'll know in a week. Right. But all I know is that that scene was good. Now, granted, my my Bruce is not Iron Man. And I think that's where Joss had the biggest like problem with understanding the differences between Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark. Right. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. can kind of see that I don't need him to be quipping and cracking jokes and stuff like that. Like I need him to have like a cool demeanor. The way that Bruce was depicted at that gala scene uh, uh, with Lex inside of Batman v Superman. That's my Bruce. Mm -hmm. that's bruce right there yes sir yeah. cool. like like he was so cool and suave like the I, I, the only way that bvs could have been better is if it was like a if, if it was almost like a shakespearean play right where essentially lex Luke, lex luther was iago right and essentially he manipulates bruce to go against clark because he really mm -hmm. does know who's like and then you know you, and you you can do stuff like that and then you put diane in the mix of it or if you like uh, so much potentiality with this entire franchise, right? <laughs> so like, so anytime that I would use the hashtag, it's only because I want to be able to promote like, you know, what's there? Like, yo, th this is a good thing. This is all positive, right? Like we're, it's not saying, hey, like, yes, let, let's uh, let's support Nazism. No, no, it's literally like, oh. hey, there's a potential that there's, there's a movie out there, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe the power of our voices can convince the studio to give it a shot. And you know what? Four years later, it did. There's nothing wrong with that. So anybody who's mad, the fact that this, it's like, because honestly, folks really thought that it didn't exist, but we know, we know Zach, there's footage out there. Is it rough? Probably, but like, let's let them finish it. So like, exactly. yeah, I, I, I felt the, I felt always emboldened that like to, to share and support anytime that I would see the hashtag, um, because like, I truly do believe in it. I'm not just doing this to like be a troll. Right. And I think some people may have thought that, but like, yeah. no, I'm far from it. No, I completely hear you. And it's good that you you ran in circles where it was always respectful because I know Amanda and I, <laughs> we uh, we did not run in circles where okay. it was respectful. I, need to, I need to say this for the listeners that are out there. I've been on Twitter now for, for real, for real, for like a little over three years. The yeah. way that women are treated on that app and on social media in general, I'm not even getting to the gaming side of things. That's a whole other like vicious yeah. and like, like just vitriolic, disgusting world. Um, for how the way that women are treated. So when you say that, it just reminds me that I understand my privilege as a male in this mm -hmm. industry. People are not going to give me shit for my opinions, mm -hmm. but because yep. you're women, they're going to automatically try to reduce you to like, you don't have a valid opinion. And I know like Hannah from our Cinemania World team, she gets it all the time and it pisses yeah. me off. Oh, yeah. And it's that's been like the toughest part of release the <laughs> Snyder Cut because when I've seen it shared by women, they are 10 times more attacked than what yep. a man is. Yeah, Absolutely. it's true because they think that we don't understand it. We don't get what the what the movement is. We don't understand why they they personally attack us because they think that we're clueless, that we don't know what a good comic book film is or what uh, a good movie is. And they constantly bash us for our ideals in that way. And Amanda, if you want to speak to this as well, I mean, mm -hmm. we've been through it. <laughs> yeah, like every single time someone would talk crap about the movie or the DCEU in general, they would always claim, not me directly, but like, oh, all these white males, oh, I'm like, um, do I look white to you? <laughs> Am I a guy? <laughs> like, I love these movies. And not every guy, obviously, loves the movie, right? Not every girl loves these movies. But like, the DCEU fandom is so diverse mm -hmm. and it's because of the stories Zach's, Zach makes. Like he loves the underdog and he loves heartfelt movies and, and even Chris Terrio, like 
the way the, his scripts usually are. They're mm. amazing. And when this movie came out, I was so let down. Like, that's not Chris. That's not Zach. What is this? And then to see everyone shitting on it, I just, I was so mad and enraged. Like, they're like my kings. I want to defend them kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And ugh, I just so mad. Like, hello, you have to see that we're here, right? Like, respect us kind of thing. Yeah. And it's also along the lines of, like, they're calling us liars, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, release the Snyder Cut. Oh, that doesn't exist. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. Like that whole like, thing. Go back constant. to your business, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like let me let me tweet what I want, bro. It's my Twitter. Mm -hmm. What the hell is this? Mm -hmm. And if I want to support it, I'm going to support it. You know, exactly. And Brett, like, you know, after after this came out and, you know, the hashtag kind of started, uh, what were your thoughts on like all the negativity surrounding the film and then everyone else in the movie? It was crazy. It was absolute chaos. I've never seen, okay, maybe I shouldn't say never because obviously we have movies like The Last Jedi and stuff, but <laughs> it's definitely rivaled it with the, the pure just chaos and discourse that yeah, that came over this hashtag. Because like I said earlier, I do acknowledge, and I think even Zach acknowledged too, that there are toxic people, but there's toxic people just for the sake of being toxic. They're toxic Star Wars fans. They're toxic MCU fans. You're going to get it everywhere. But I am on the side with you folks here that it was it was passion that drove my tweeting and my hashtagging. Mm -hmm. And every time I did it, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, yeah, to troll people. It wasn't just to jump on the bandwagon. It was for the same reason that I described earlier is I wanted to see Zach's vision realized. Again, I'm seeing a man here who's, who's in pain, who you know, again, suffered this unimaginable tragedy. And then Warner Bros just tossed him aside. Like he was nothing, like he was garbage and they just didn't care for him at all anymore because they were done with him. And, to me, that was that's what pained me the most is that this guy, this director who I adore, who is going through this right now, was treated with such utter disrespect. It was it was borderline inhumane the way they treated him in his vision in his movie. And that's why I was so passionate about it. Because I am a huge family man. I love my family. I will, you know, protect my family, my friends at all costs. And to see that the way he was treated, that's what killed me. That's what just really irked me inside so much and that's where the passion stemmed from me personally to continue to to tweet this hashtag and to support this movement and it's powerful you know people are more powerful than they realize you know when you know warner bros they couldn't ignore us and we knew that and that's what happened it was everyone together at once that made this happen again we are less than a week away from this movie because of people like us who weren't yeah. toxic, who did it out of passion and out of admiration and love and just, you know, to see this come to the light. And, and that's what made this happen because uh, of people like us who are in it for the right reasons. And I also want to speak very quickly too about what, what Kobe was saying with the way that women are treated on Twitter as well. And I know that's obviously not the topic. You could get an entire podcast out of that, yeah. but it is, it's, you know, it's absolutely appalling to me. You have so many dudes that still act like they're from the 1950s and that women, you know, don't, you know, they can't think for themselves and they're just, you got to stay home and stay in the kitchen and raise the kids and blah, blah, blah. They think that you guys, that you can't think for yourself and that you can't have an opinion and you can't enjoy movies or comic books or video games. And it's just like, fuck off, bro. Like it is disturbing how many dudes out there are like this just absolute man babies it's it's just it's disgusting to me and that's what i mean that's why i always go to bat for people like yourselves here or for hannah um you know when there was that whole thing going on with that one guy uh whatever rob storm whatever the fuck his name was that asshole that was like attacking hannah non-stop like i was constantly tweeting out in her support because it is just downright disrespectful and oh, I just the fact that some people still think this way to me is absolutely mind boggling. You know, I would never, ever in my life treat any woman with such utter disregard and disrespect. And the fact that people still act like they can do this and get away with it and that there's no consequences is just mm -hmm. fucked up. The fact that it just still happens, even in general, with I know with the comic book films, it's really hard for women to get a word in. Um, especially with their opinion. Like I know I constantly get, I constantly get shit on because I like Batman versus Superman. And then I have, I know that my friends are joking with me, but sometimes when they say it's like, 
you know, you have no taste. And it's like, how many times am I going to hear that I have no taste? It's like, <laughs> let me just enjoy like the movie. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, it's just a movie. Like, it's not that big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I just, I, I genuinely don't understand why the, the buttons are constantly pushed when it comes to the DCEU. Um, and I don't mm -hmm. understand why. Now, just mm -hmm. for my last question, do you guys think Warner Brothers will ever recover after all of this drama? Kobe, I'm going to go to you first. Yes, I honestly, I really do. I think that the fact that they had, they did not have to do this, right? Like by next week, if we find out that Zack Snyder's fully realized vision is exceedingly better than the product that we got four years ago, question number one, why did you give up on him? Yo, delay the project. It happens all the time, right? Let my man take care of what he needs to take care of justifiably and get back to the Justice League that we deserved. Number two, now it feels like the Snyderverse, and I love the new hashtag, restore the Snyderverse, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. it's it, 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 there's so much viability to it, right? Like, I, I really, I do believe that the trajectory of where things can go has the potential to be great, to be great. Like we just, what, they just dropped like a whole new slate of it, like a number of different projects that are either going to go straight to theaters or go to HBO max. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for that. Like there's nothing but excitement. Like before I was feeling kind of like dour, like, yo, I'm on like this lonely mountain kicking a can and, and you know, everybody's bagging on my DC, but like now things feel good. I feel like there's like, there's some light it's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, there's definitely like a light at the end of the tunnel. I can totally feel that now. And and Brett, to you, do you think Warner Brothers will recover after all of this madness that that came up? I think so, absolutely. I mean, obviously as a studio, they're still like a multi-mill like multi-billion, sorry, dollar studio, right? They still have so many other projects. You know, we got Godzilla versus Kong coming out in just two weeks. So obviously as a studio, you know, it's it's just a mild misstep in their eyes. In regard to DC, yeah, I saw that slate and I am so hyped for everything that's to come. And then in terms of the Snyderverse, I again I agree. I love that hashtag restore the Snyderverse. We haven't even seen the Snyder cut yet but again after all the shit they put that guy through mm -hmm. i'd love to see it do i think it's ever going to happen no what i think <laughs> is possible is possible not the entire snyder verse quote unquote but we might even see another justice league movie or two directed by zach in animated form which i would very much be interested if we got hbo max exclusive justice league you know zach snyder's justice league 2 but it was, you know, like a two, two and a half hour, just kick-ass animated movie because their animated movies are almost always bangers. I'd be cool with that. I would love to see that. I would love to, of course, see the Snyderverse come back in full force because they did confirm that Birds of Prey was part of the Snyderverse. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see it continue, but I doubt it. It seems like that relationship, it was only, it was a band-aid was put on it. I'll say for Zack Snyder's justice league to happen. I think that they just said here, here's the money, get it done. We'll put on HBO max. That way we can get more subscribers. And then that's it. You know, we'll never hear from each other again. And that's kind of where I feel like that relationship is between Zack Snyder and the producers and the executives at Warner bros. So, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I know I threw a lot at you there at once, but that's kind of <laughs> where I stand with these few different topics. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a toss-up. We don't know how it's going to end up with uh, with Zach and, like, the Restore the Snyderverse hashtag. Like, I love that that's a thing. And we can, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, that it will eventually happen. And Amanda, just final thoughts if you think Warner Brothers will recover from all of this. I mean, I'm going to have to agree with, with Brett. Like, honestly, I... Okay. I feel... Like, there's a chance it will not happen. But at the same time, I feel they're going to bite their tongues and just give in because clearly it took them how many years for us to finally get this? Mm -hmm. And even though Zach said it himself that Warner Brothers said that his movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, is not canon, which is so rude. Even though Zach said, oh, they told me it's not canon. Well, look at the other movies. The other movies are proving that his movie is canon because they are continuing his legacy. So even though Warner Brothers is saying, hey, 
ignore this movie. They're like, um, no, we don't want to ignore this movie. We want to continue it because we enjoy it. Like, um, I can't remember. Patty herself said it. Like, I enjoy his movie. I'm going to continue somehow. And then even with Birds of Prey, obviously it's already been proven. It's canon to continue. So even if Warner Brothers says no, there's a possibility that the directors of the future DCE movies are going to continue the legacy because they respect him and they enjoy his movies that much. So I feel Warner Brothers is just going to have to bite their tongues, but I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I'm like with all three of you, I agree with you because <laughs> it's just this movie is going to be successful. It is going to be the most iconic movie of the year, if not of the decade, um, because of the momentum from the friends and everything that led up to this moment of getting it next week. Um, it's it's a toss up. I mean, I hope Warner Brothers learned their lesson. I mean, dropping the the actual film during a Tom and Jerry, <laughs> you know, that was like, messy. That was really messy on HBO Max, and we don't know if that was a ploy or not. We have no idea what that was. So I absolutely loved having this discussion with you guys. Um, as you all just heard. This has been a very long time coming and we have been fighting for so long and it's finally here. It's going to be here. And I just want to give yay. you a special thank you. Yes. Yay. <laughs> I just want to give a special thank you to our wonderful guests for coming on and sharing their thoughts about this incoming masterpiece. I said masterpiece guys. I did because it is going to be a masterpiece. Oh, I'm for sure. Oh, 100%. I just want to get your uh, final thoughts on your excitement for the film. Amanda, we'll start with you. For me personally, I am so hyped for this movie. Like I've been waiting for so long and I cannot wait to see it. I just know for a fact I'm going to be crying. I don't know how many tissues I'm going to be using, but I'm not going to have any snacks. I'm just going to be crying and watching and just being so happy and excited because we've worked so hard for this movie and we're finally getting it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm with you there 100%. And Brett, just your final thoughts going into Zack Snyder's Justice League. How are you feeling? I'm just so excited. Honestly. That's all I really have to say about it. Again, like you said, this movement's been going on for, for four years. I, I'm just so much looking forward to it. You know, the only thing I can think of and the only thing I know I'm going to be thinking of the entire movie is just like, yes, you know, this is what Zach wanted. Yeah. I'm just going to be thinking about Zach and his family and thinking about Ray Fisher and the other actors who felt wronged by everything that happened in the 2017 movie. You know, it's not just a win for us. It's an absolute undeniable win for them too. And that's mm -hmm. my heart and my thoughts the entire time i'm watching with tears in my eyes i'm going to be thinking mm -hmm. about them and how big of a win it is for them yes 100 i'm with you there and kobe final thoughts my dude how you feeling i'm so excited <laughs> and i just keep crying <laughs> yeah, no i mean how could i not be right like i have watched every superhero movie for like the past 20 years this is going to be another notch in the belt I'm I'm like really, 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 really excited. And I think just like the 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 positivity that's in the air from the community and from the folks that have got a chance to see it who can't really say anything, but like they would kind of sneak this on this movie if they could. And I haven't heard that yet. So I'm like, all right. So I'm just I'm I am yeah. I, only thing I'm I don't want to say I'm not excited for. I'm going to watch this, but I'm still waiting to see if there's any confirmation that I'm going to be able to watch it inside of a movie theater. Hashtag Kobe does Dolby. <laughs> I really hope it gets released in theaters. Hopefully, like, I really want that to happen. And I want it on a DVD, a beautiful Blu-ray. Oh, I, let me tell you I something. I, I'm a king and, and a champion for physical media. Uh, I, I, regardless, I have HBO Max. I've had it for like, you know, since it came out, I am going to, own, I want to touch and feel. I want this. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. I agree. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Well, thank mm -hmm. you guys so much for joining us today. I'm just going to go around and get you all to plug your wonderful selves. Brett, where can everyone find you? Yeah, absolutely. First, I just want to say too, this was an awesome experience. I was so much looking forward to doing this. Uh, this is my first podcast with any of you and it's been an absolute pleasure. You're all great people. I had such an awesome time. So thank you for having me where everyone can find me. I am on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz at BamTubeTV. Awesome. Thank you so much. We had such a blast having you on. This has been awesome. 
And Amanda, where can everyone find you, love? You can find me on Twitter at Zack Snyde Ho, or you can even find me on Instagram at Amanda Rose, but there's no second A. There's a, there's a, hold on. It's A-M-N-D-A-A Rose on Instagram. Go follow, go follow. She's a lot of fun. And Kobe, where can everyone find you, my dude? Yeah, you can follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at Colby Told Me. When I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my website at ColbyToldMe.com. Currently under construction, but hey, if you want to hear your boy, you can do so on the Colby <laughs> Told Me podcast. Season three is going to be launching soon at the end of this month with the Golden Colbs. It's the best damn award show. We're going to be celebrating 2020 with a bang with Colby approved hardware. So when they ask you where you heard it from, you can tell them Colby Told Me. Beautiful. Everyone go follow these amazing creators and they're like amazing people as you just heard. And we all love the Snyder cut and you can always find me over at, yeah, yeah. And you can always find me over at AMX NDA reviews on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can check out my website, candidxcinema.com and make sure to follow Cinemania World on Twitter for more updates. Thank you all for joining us for episode one of The Road to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Get pumped. Pull out your Zack Snyder Justice League merch. Get your popcorn ready because the biggest event of the year happens this Thursday. Check you guys later.